It's time for episode 516 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. Clockwise for people, for tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that fears not the Ides of August, because that that was yesterday. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal, my dungeon buddy, because we play Dungeons and Dragons online together. It's Dan the Man Morn. How you doing, Dan? Well, I'm glad, Micah, that neither of us got assassinated yesterday. That really would have put a damper on things. So... (laughs) Nice try, Ides of August. See you next year. (laughs) I also learned that Ides is just the middle of the month, and I didn't realize that it was so Mm -hmm. unspecial, and it makes me kind of sad. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I guess I will celebrate every Ides every month uh, until the end of time. And another thing that I will celebrate until the end of time is being joined by the person to my left. It is a podcaster, a business unicorn, and an occasional dungeon buddy as well. It's Kathy Campbell. Welcome back, Kathy. Hi, Mike. Sergeant. Uh, it seems like my assassins have failed again. <laughs> you will never get me, Campbell. <laughs> Boy, this got weird. Uh, well, to my left this week, uh, you may have heard him on some podcasts or read some of his excellent writings around automation. It is the Cracker Jack shortcut virtuoso himself, Matthew Casnelli. Welcome back, Matt. Excellent. Thank you for having me again. I love the introduction. That was perfect. There we go. <laughs> ah, well, you know how this show works. Four topics, 30 minutes, and let's get underway with my topic. My question for you. Many streaming sites and services and apps, they all give you the ability to speed up what you're watching or listening to. And I'd like to know, do you listen to or watch sped up content? Where, why, how, etc.? Kathy, we'll start with you. Uh, no, because I am not a monster. <laughs> but also, I can't understand as much uh, with regular uh, speech. I have to concentrate really hard. Uh, so any faster and I would completely be lost. I don't really watch sped up content. I find that super challenging, um, especially if it's any sort of like a like a TV show with a, you know, like a narrative TV show. I can't do that. Or a movie. No, never. Please. Uh, things are set to a deliberate pace and I feel like I want to experience them at the speed at which they were intended. Maybe that makes me the weirdo. I don't know, but that's kind of how I feel about that kind of content. I mean, I like you wouldn't, would you speed up a song? That seems you weird, steal right? A car. <laughs> referencing knowledge. Uh, but like, I wouldn't do that with music. I mean, certainly only spoken word. I have done it occasionally on podcasts, but almost always in cases where I need to listen to something in an allotted time. Uh, I'm not going to say any specific examples other than occasionally podcasts have have like sponsored podcasts that I'm on and they like you to listen to an episode. And I think to myself, am I going to listen to a whole hour long episode? Ah, but am I going to listen to it at 2x? Yes, I might very well do that. <laughs> um, so there are times where it's expedient, certainly, to speed up the listening process. But I think overall, I generally tend to stick to 1x. Every once in a while, I'll go up to 1.25. But like after that, I feel like everybody starts to sound like chipmunks and I just can't, I can't handle it. Matthew, what about you? 
I used to be all in on on smart speed and like 1.75. And then I think I was listening to podcasts all day long and just slamming ideas into my brain constantly. <laughs> and I think after a while, I was like, oh, this doesn't work well for me. And so I use the podcast app at like 1.25. I think that's a good balance. I, I don't do YouTube videos or anything like that. But I just now remembered that you can, if you use movies anywhere, you can sync your movies to YouTube and watch them there. So I might watch some, you know, excellent cinema in two times speed. (laughs) Christopher Nolan wants you to do that. Just to really make Kathy squirm. Oppenheimer's half as long. Listen, listen, you do whatever makes you happy. I'm still stuck on... I'm still stuck on you slamming ideas into your brain. And in my head, you're also like pounding Red Bulls or something. Yes. <laughs> frantic. It's slamming them on his forehead. I can yep. see all the electrons in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I am the same way, Dan. I don't do that with uh, visual content. Uh, the only exception is it's a uh, D&D actual play podcast and it has a visual component, but I'm not watching. I'm just listening most of the time. So I will speed that up. Yeah. I listen to depending on the audiobook, um, because some audiobooks are, uh, they have a, a narrator who speaks nice and quick and, and then it's fine. I'll leave it at one X, but, uh, you also get the occasional audiobook uh, narrator who does not read, uh, very quickly. And so I tend to be at 1.3 X on those. Um, if it, feels like I'm predicting what is next going to be said, then I'm probably going to go ahead and speed it up. Uh, but yes, watching something that that does not uh, have that same application for me. All right. Thank you all for your answers on that. Let's move to our next topic, which comes from Kathy. All right. The rumor of Apple buying Disney has picked up speed recently. If Apple does buy Disney and takes over the Disney parks in particular, what is one change you would like made in the parks? So I don't know what the current state of the art is, but I do think that the idea of folding in the technology Apple has to offer would be really cool. I'd love to see some stuff done around um, like location sensitive mm-hmm. things, um, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, with iPhones having the U1 chip and things like AirTags, I think it would be cool to have experiences that are somehow connected like on your smartphone to proximity. And I'm sure some of this stuff is possible today and maybe even there's some of it being done in some of the parks since I have last been. Um, but I do think there's a, a really, you know, cool technology that has been, you know, Apple is talking about more and more with both NFC and, um, you know, the proximity chips that could be used to you know uh, add other sort of fun games and things that you can do outside of just being uh, around the park itself so uh, maybe that's some some implementation that i'd like to see i also don't know what the prevalence of something like apple pay is i know they have like the bands have some sort of you know chips in them that you can wave and pay for things but just you know put apple pay everywhere obviously matthew so this is a little out of left field for me but Shortcut support, maybe. Um, I think it, <laughs> Wait, just to be fair, though, it would be pretty nice. What? Are we get, all on the same top? No. <laughs> uh, it would be pretty nice to get like ride real time information, like how long is this ride and how long uh, does it take to walk over there and with the line, and you could like optimize your whole day just with the actual data. So I know it's a, it's a wild answer for me, but now I understand what you meant, though. Yes, that's cool. Um, 
I was going to uh, pretty much go with, with Dan's in terms of um, using the ultra wideband chip stuff to uh, help you find your way around the park. Or if, uh, you know, you, you lose your, your group, if you all sort of were on find my, but find my took things even further by allowing for that kind of uh, ultra wideband chip usage to get some uh, very precise location stuff. That would be fantastic. I would also, cause I have not been to a Disney park since I was six years old. But uh, what I do know is that it continues to be an incredibly expensive investment. So maybe if they, um, I don't know, made water free and they (laughs) uh, just made it a little bit more I don't know, accessible to more folks in terms of the costs that are there. If it was owned by such a big uh, company, who's uh, like main... Apple, famously know, all about lower prices. But at the same time, like I, I don't see Apple being as chill with the idea of people having to pay like seven dollars for a bottle of water or something like that. <laughs> um, so I could see them sort of implementing a few. We need to serve their basic needs without charging them more money. But everything else, yes, is expensive. Um, that would be neat. And then I guess what they would also do is, uh, you know, all of the little, like the the making your uh, lightsaber stuff would get even better. You know, they'd use even better materials for it and it would be even more of a, a, a cool investment. So, yeah. Uh, Kathy, why don't you round us out with your perfect Disney park owned by Apple? Well, the first thing to say is that you can actually get free ice water uh, from all of the little stands. You oh, just go up and ask for a cup. It's it's just a small cup, but you can ask for multiple. Um, so there already is free water in Disney. Uh, I would like to see, um, I love the idea of like more location things, especially like some interactive stuff with the app. Um possibly like direct linkage between the Disney band, magic band, magic band. That's what it's called. The magic band and the app or like with your phone specifically, like if you could connect your Apple watch to the magic band, so you didn't have to have, you know, look like uh, an one of the Apple professionals that have the three, four five watches on their wrist. I think um, you I think- can actually do this. What? Yeah, I, I know. So. I I know you you can like detach it from the band and attach it to a watch band. Um, but I didn't know you could do it. Oh wow! I know, I've just been doing the research before. Oh, my trip. excellent. Well, can, that must be that must I'll, be. I'll, t- I'll check new. in. I'll yeah, check in. Yeah, yeah. A very important. You know, follow up. Uh, in Clockwise, which doesn't have follow up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but uh, also maybe like charging stations. Um, would be nice. They have the little cell, like little um refillable uh charger things that you buy once and you can just swap them out at um oh like that's little cool. vendor machine things uh for free you just swap it out and it's full um but it'd be nice if like it was a fancier one or like i don't know some sort of mag oh, the uh, the magsafe magnet. yeah magsafe yeah. yeah yeah awesome something like that i don't know um uh, it was just kind of a random thought so thank you for your answers 
That is an excellent question, Kathy. Thank you for that topic. It is uh, halftime here at Clockwise, and that is my opportunity to remind you about the Clockwise shirt. Um, I have since purchased a second one because of how soft these shirts are. They're ridiculously soft and ridiculously cool. Um, this is the Clockwise tee that you can get at clockwise.com social slash shirt. When you head there, you will see our beautiful clockwise tee in several different colors, blue, green, yellow, red, and gray. Uh, it has a little clockwise stopwatch on it, and uh, you can get it in tee form, sweatshirt form, tank form, onesie form. Um, and it's just a chance to represent uh, our show, and we would appreciate it if you considered picking one up. I kid you not, I could just like have the shirt next to me and just kind of like run my hand over it and I would be happy because it's such a soft shirt. I don't know what they're doing over there at uh, Cotton Bureau, but they've got it figured Cotton out. Cotton Bureau is people <laughs> that make t-shirts. <laughs> they make lovely yeah, t-shirts. Come on, it's just the people that make the tees. Uh, and uh, one of our listeners asked a very good question. Uh, how big does the onesie get? Unfortunately, they only have it in infant size, but um, you know, I might have to reach out to... <laughs> to uh, Cotton Bureau and see if they couldn't uh, get a larger size. Um, I would like an adult size An adult onesie, size please. onesie, please. Yep. Uh, again, that's at clockwise.social slash shirt. And by that, I mean the tee sweatshirt or uh, tank, not the adult sized onesie yet. Um, let us head back from halftime. It's time for Dan's topic. Well, uh, there is a rumor that Apple might have a more substantive Apple Watch update coming in the next few years, which might include, after a decade, a change to how watch bands connect. My question is, do you have a lot of watch bands? Do you use a lot of watch bands? Do you find yourself switching? And would this meaningfully affect your decision of whether or not to get a new Apple Watch? Matthew, let's start with you. I'm not sure if I would if this would prevent me from getting a new watch, I actually end up mostly using one or two bands. I think for a while I was trying to like get a bunch of styles, but I wasn't very good at matching them with what I was wearing and things like that. And just kind of always ended up using black. I've actually used the bright yellow ocean band since I got the Apple watch ultra though. And I feel like it's become part of my personality. So I'm curious just like what, it, what difference they could make. I would like some like smart bands or something if that's where they're going, but that could maybe make me upgrade, but I'm not sure. I'd, I don't have like so many that I'd, I'd like wait for the upgrade just because of the watch band. I also have a lot of watch bands and I don't use them. Um, when I upgraded to the Ultra, I have the, oh goodness, it's not the ocean band and it's not the hiking band. It's the other one. And it is quite lovely. Um, it's got a hook and it's uh, green and it has these little uh, like a strappy loop thing going. And it's such a great band for the Ultra that I have not really wanted to change out. The only thing uh, is during the week, I will change into one of the Flormelon Lastminster bands uh, when I'm working <laughs> out. Um, but when Outside of that, like I just wear this green one everywhere because it's green, first of all, uh, but because it's kind of it can work, I think, in any style. And because I find that a lot of the bands that I have up to this point don't quite offer the support for the ultra that I'd like the wrist support, they, they kind of seem a little thin. So 
Yeah, I, I don't know if the magnetic uh, option would mean that, like, if it makes it easier to switch between bands, if that would make me more interested in switching them regularly, because I just don't find myself wanting to. Once I've got the band that I really like, I tend to stick with it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's where I am with my Apple Watch and with bands. Kathy, what about you? Uh, I have about 15. Um and I haven't really changed since the 2019 Nike Pride Band, except I do have bands for my local dance team and uh, the dance studio that I take photos for. And so I'll swap that out for the day. Um, but other than that, I am all in on the white rainbow Nike whole band. Um, I did just upgrade. So I up, went from series five to series eight last year. Uh, and I'll probably be sticking with this until it dies again. Um, my wrist is not made for the ultra. So definitely. And I, if I'm hiking, uh, I've probably crashed in the forest from an <laughs> airplane. So like <laughs> you won't see me, uh, hiking necessarily. Um, so I think I, I'll stick with this for a while. So we'll see what happens in the next four years or so to watches, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, these are all good. I mean, I think watch bands are very personal. And so everybody has kind of a different approach on it. For me, I have not invested a ton in watch bands. I have a couple different ones. Um, but I end up just sort of wearing usually whatever is the newest one I've acquired. And oftentimes that's the one that came with my most recent watch. Uh, like for now, for example, I have a Series 7 that's a <laughs> little over a year old. And Sounded slightly spooky. Seven. Seven. Um, and it came with, because it's a blue watch it came with a band that has blue lugs that connect to it and i kind of i don't know i like the look of that so it's like a blue orange sport band um that connects with blue lugs so it doesn't stand out and look weird when i have like the different colors in there so i'm very happy with that one i've been wearing it pretty exclusively even though i have maybe i don't know four or five other bands uh, that i've had over the last decade i'd be sad if they switch to something else but at the same time i feel like 10 years is a pretty good run um, it's about as long as charging cable ports last <laughs> on the iPhone. So, you know, nothing stays the same forever. And I think if you can get a decade out of it, that's pretty solid. And I'd be okay swapping over, especially if they had some attractive new band options for me. So I don't think it's going to keep me from buying a new Apple watch, <laughs> even though I know there will be much griping, but thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our final topic, which comes from Matthew. So coming in iOS 17 shortcuts is getting updated. So automations are you know, automatic. Um, they have a new run immediately toggle, which is awesome. They've had different versions of this over the years, but it never worked for locations. And so now that is going to work. Things like before and after your commute can be automated. When you receive an email or a message, that's a huge one. And even Bluetooth devices. So my question is, is there anything you would want to automate that you haven't been able to? Or if not, what's still missing? So you said this is an iOS 17. Do you know if any of this is on macOS as well? Not yet. And okay. that's definitely the the major hangout or holdout. Yeah, because that's I think that's what I want to have um, Bluetooth uh, knowledge on macOS that I can then have it 
automations tied to it. Basically, when I'm at work, what I do uh, now is I move my cursor to the bottom left corner of the screen when I want to like walk away and go do things. And that locks my Mac um, because I've got a hot corner turned on. But what would be cool is if there was an People, please don't email me. I know that there are applications that try to do this, but they don't do it well. I've tried them. They're not good. Um, I'd love it if there was a proximity uh, sort of awareness that I could use that would allow me to just, if you are no longer within Bluetooth range, because you happen to have maybe your Apple Watch with you or uh, your AirPods, um, then go ahead and lock the screen uh, for your Mac. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be quite nice. And I don't really need that on the iPhone uh, as much, but uh, Mac OS is, is where I'd like to have it. But I also want to quickly celebrate um, the introduction of these location-based automations because it is one of the most common questions we get on iOS today uh, <laughs> of people wanting to tie their shortcuts to locations and have it happen automatically. So this is fantastic. Uh, Kathy, what about you? Uh, <laughs> I don't really have anything that is missing because I don't really use automations. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> Dan, what about you? Is there anything you want to add, automate, Kathy? Is there I anything in your even... life that like you're like, oh, God, I hate I have to do this all the time? Uh, yeah. Make dinner. <laughs> But uh, there you go. That's missing. I bet. I bet Matt has a way for you to automate making dinner every every day at five o'clock. Just reorder something from Yelp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. That that's not quite. Uh, not affordable, but you no, can do it. definitely not budgetary friendly. Uh, so yeah, I can't. I honestly, I could not think of anything. Which is when when I saw that Matthew Casanelli was uh, on Clockwise, I almost said, "I'm sorry." Matt, Micah, I can't, I can't do this because I knew it would be a shortcuts question and I am a terrible, uh, conversationalist when it comes to automatic things because I don't really use it. It is a brave thing and a rare thing on this show for someone to be honest and just say, I don't have an answer for that. That doesn't happen very often. And I think that it it's good because sometimes some folks just respond and they're saying things that aren't actually adding up to anything. So I appreciate when someone says, you know what? This one's just not for me. Dan, I don't need you throwing shade at me, Mike. Yeah. I was going to say, what the heck, man? I was throwing shade at myself a little bit. <laughs> I will say uh, I was just poking around because I hadn't played much with automation in the beta. And I noticed that one of the available triggers, I don't know if this has been there for a while, Matthew, you can tell me, is there's one that fires now when you tap a, a, your Apple Wallet payment. Yeah, um, that's the new one. That's cool. Like So, for example, I'm very excited about that because I have a business card that I use when I'm traveling for work. And the idea that I could have it every time I tap it Maybe I could have it like figure out the, you know, like log that I've just paid for something or prompt me to log that I've paid for something for work so I can like immediately file that instead of, you know, going through all my receipts at the end of the weekend being like, okay, where did I eat? What day was it? When was I doing? Like, that's super cool to me. So that is definitely something that I will be looking into and trying to figure out. I agree largely with Micah that there are a lot of automations I'd love to have on the Mac. And I am constantly shocked that the Mac, a device that has had automation for a super long time, still does. (laughs) 
does not have shortcuts automation on it. That seems super weird. Um, the ones that appeal to me the most, though, I think I struggle with automation sometimes because my needs tend to be variable. Like there's things that would be cool, but I don't necessarily want to run automatically every time because, for example, like, oh, it'd be cool if like, you know, when I get home at night, the news comes on, right, in my HomePod in my kitchen so I can get like started cooking dinner. Um, but like there's definitely, I know there's definitely gonna be times I don't want to do that. So like I still want that control. So I know that that's still an option. Um, but I just, that is where I struggle with. And I totally hear you, Kathy. Sometimes I feel like, well, I could automate this, but I don't want to do it like a hundred percent of the time. And it's coming yeah. to with reality that like sometimes even something I want done like 75% of the time is might be valuable to have something like that. So um, yeah, there's a ton of new options here. I'm very excited for the stuff that runs automatically though, because my current automations, I definitely had some where it like would prompt me, you sure you want to do this? And it's like, well, if you're going to ask me every single time, then what's the point? Like <laughs> the whole point is you're supposed to make this easier for me. I don't need you to ask me. I'm delegating that authority to you. Go on. Anyways, that's where I'm at. Why don't you wrap us up here? Totally. I, I agree. Especially automations, just they were released and had so many limitations that I feel like now is like the very beginning of even thinking about how to use these because they really couldn't do what you wanted before. Um, yeah, those new transaction automations are pretty, pretty powerful, especially for expense reporting. I will say automations in general aren't shareable. And so it is pretty hard to share ideas and have it so someone else can actually go and set it up so that is one thing that would make it easier for people who don't have any ideas around automation if people like me could just make a bunch of them and you could get them so i think that's a major thing that they need to add i'm super interested in some of the stuff of like location stuff the, the before and after i commute one is super fascinating i do work from home so that isn't like perfect for me right now but if it, like when it actually does like 15 minutes before I'm leave every day, there's new actions too to use like the intercom on the home pod. So I was imagining that like, it could literally be like, Hey, it's time to leave. Or like, it's pretty busy today. You might want to leave early and oh. things like that. Um, so we're getting into some of those like deeper realms of automation, but I do think it's immediately, it's like the thing where now we have a toolbox, but, in a bunch of tools, but I don't have any instructions on what to build. And so it is kind of a reset for automations because now they're actually automatic. Well, folks, uh, with that, we have just about reached the end of this episode of Clockwise, but I do have a bonus topic for you. Tell us about one of the best gifts you've ever received. Kathy, we'll start with you. I have to say the Cabbage Patch doll that I got, I think I was seven. Um, I was super excited because it also came with the horse. Ooh. So it was Cowboy Cabbage Patch uh, and the horse had the saddle and stuff. Um, and then in the next year or two, I got another horse that had like the fancy mane and tail that you could like style and curl and stuff. And that was just like perfection. Uh, when I was 21, I was a senior in college, I think. I got for Christmas a totally unexpected gift, um, which is something I had coveted, but not even mentioned to my parents. Like, oh, I'd like this as a Christmas gift because it seemed so outrageously expensive that I did not think there was any chance that I would ever get it. So I had no preconceived notions of whatsoever, but it was a, the original iPod. <laughs> I got an original iPod for my folks, and Ooh. I love that thing so much. And I was blown away it was one of the few times i have been like blown away by a, a a present mine is going to be 
a set of lamps that I got when I was 18 uh, for Christmas just before college and i remember opening the box and being like oh thanks like what if i th- i just didn't expect it as a present i've used them for the last i'm just now realizing it's 15 years so that's i'm having an existential crisis but, <laughs> but there's great lamps thank you mom it was an excellent situation i never thought i needed i definitely didn't want to buy them myself so i love lamp um mine is going to be it was a christmas present that i was uh i had asked for but it was one of those you ask for and you're kind of like yeah right it was the kindle keyboard i think it was the second generation of the kindle with a keyboard and i remember reading about it and it had uh the at the time that built-in uh cellular connectivity that was just free if you purchased the device um but it had the keyboard on it so you could take little notes um and of course it was an e-ink display which at the time i just thought oh that's so cool um (laughs) and they had us all opening our gifts and my mom always did the thing where you uh there's like the one or two special gifts that you don't open until last so we're all opening our gifts or whatever and then this uh gift comes over to me and it's in the in a box that's like a clothing box um and so I open it up and inside is that and I just was shocked. And I think I spent like j- the next, the, just all the rest of the day, just getting it all set up and exactly how I wanted it. And um, to this day, I still keep it and uh, I, I still love it. I think it's just a, such a fantastic little device. Um, thank you all for your answers on that. Hey, out there, you listening, you listening out there. If you would like to get ad free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. You just go to relay.fm slash clockwise and sign up. It's $5 a month or $50 a year. And in doing so, you will help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss the iMac turning 25. Alrighty, folks, with that, we have reached the end of this episode of Clockwise. All that's left is to thank our incredible guests, Kathy Campbell. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Micah and Dan, for having me, as always. And Matthew Castanelli, thank you so much for being here, Mr. Shortcuts Virtuoso. Thank you. It's always my pleasure. And Micah will be back next week. But until then, we remind everyone listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.